Amen to that. You just heard the word of the Lord right there. Um, I would like to reflect with you for just a moment on a few of the words in Psalm 100 because there are a couple of passwords built into the psalm, if I can put it that way. Uh, If you're a kid, you know something about passwords. If you have a sibling, maybe your older sister or somebody in your family won't let you in their room unless you know the password, right? Right? There's, if you've ever had a tree fort, there's always a password before somebody lets you in. I had older siblings in order to get in our basement fort. My older brother was always like, what's the password? And it changed every day. And even if I knew what it was, it was wrong. <laughs> this can be tough. As older people, oh, we experience this, right? I mean, now that everything is double protected your email account, your online banking and credit card information. How many old people have been like just stuck outside of their own information online waiting in the cold because you don't remember your own password? Seriously, am I the only one? This happens like once a week. So how about the presence of God? How about when it comes to drawing near to the love and the kindness and the heart of God. How do we get there? And I would submit to you that the Bible says, in fact, there are some passwords for drawing near to God. In Psalm 100, it's, if you can imagine yourself typing on a keyboard for a moment, how do we enter the gates of the Lord? If you're typing, what word would you have to type? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. One of the passwords. You want to get in the courts of God? You want to draw near to him, his presence in his heart? How do I get into the courts of God? What would you type? Enter his courts with? Two passwords. Thanksgiving and praise. God has not constructed some high-tech firewall to keep human beings at arm's length or from a distance. He has given us these very simple obvious, easy-to-remember passwords so that we can come right in to where his presence and his love and his goodness reside. God knows that gratitude, thanksgiving, praise, gratitude is the fuel on which he has designed human life to run. Gratitude keeps us close to God. In a 2015 article in a journal called Scientific American, it was reported that out of 24 uh, characteristics that contribute to good relationships and emotional well-being, okay, 24 characteristics, including love, hope, tenderness, kindness, creativity, the single strongest force out of those 24, gratitude. I don't know how they researched this, but some psychological evidence that if you want to be a happy, content well-connected person, like we are built to run on gratitude. Again, gratitude is the fuel that God has designed our lives to run on. But gratitude is not just a switch you can flick on. Hey, I feel it for a day. It's a national holiday, so I'll give it a little effort today, break out of my normal grumpy routine. Uh, It is not like that. Gratitude is a posture. It's a practice. It's a lifestyle. It's a trajectory. I am not trying to condemn anyone who is struggling with anxiety or depression or mental illness in any way, shape, or form. That is not what I'm talking about. But the practice of gratitude, uh, recognizing that there is someone outside of us 
who has given us every good thing. When it comes to things getting in the way of our entering those passwords and entering the presence of God, the number one obstacle is not depression or anxiety. The number one obstacle is self-absorption. Sometimes we can call this arrogance, call it vanity, classically, a high need for admiration and appreciation. I say this humbly as someone who stands in front of hundreds of people, even on holidays. Dr. Robert Emmons, this is one of my new favorite people, he's a professor at University of California in Davis, recently surveyed parents about their number one fear on behalf of their children and young people. Can you guess what our current number one North American fear is? Is it climate change? Is it stress from grades? Stress from picking the right college? No, none of those things. Stress from excessive use of TikTok? Fortnite? No, none of those things. The number one fear of parents for our children is that they are entitled. Do you hear this word? Entitled. This is just a fancy word for selfish. Okay? Or it's a fancy word for thinking like, the world revolves around me, or I should get what I want at all times, of course. This, if you're a young person here today, this is what we're worried about for you. And here's the kicker of the parents surveyed. 85% of North American parents recognize that we as parents are the lead contributor to our children's entitlement. Like, think about that for a second. Our number one fear is that they're entitled, and we also own that we are the single greatest contributing factor. Lord, have mercy on all of us, right? It's not just young people. If you put any of us Americans in a foreign country, I can tell you this. People who are non-Americans can smell Americans coming a long way off. And why is it? Because we're a little noisy and entitled everywhere we go. Can I get an amen to that? I mean, seriously. <laughs> This is who we are as American people in general. Heaven help us. How do we fight off this entitlement? How do we fight off, spiritually speaking, this error that we are prone to, to thinking we're the center of the world, that things should go our way? I humbly suggest this to you today. People who are bound to God in gratitude have a hard time being selfish and entitled. I hold in my hands a, uh, a guitar string. This is brand new, I'm just unwrapping it. It's, it's not very thick, can you see this thing? Like, this string is absolutely free, right? I can go anywhere, how does it sound? Anybody wanna play the guitar? Like, it is totally free, but it is worthless as a guitar string. Why? because it is not bound. In this piano, there are literally hundreds of strings. One end is bound to the far end of a giant piece of an iron harp inside this. The other end are bound to the opposite end of the iron harp right here. I'm breaking stuff everywhere. But because these strings are bound, what do they do? They sing. Right? That free string does nothing. But the bound strings, now 
now it like that's when something starts happening. It is the same thing for human nature. We cherish our freedoms as Americans, but if we simply do everything that enters our mind at all possible times, that is not freedom, that is useless slavery to ourselves. But when we are bound to the God who made us, the God who created heavens and earth, that is when we are free. Here's the kind of convictions that bound people have. God is perfect, I'm a mess. Like, those are the two sides of one of our soul strings. God is almighty, I am small and weak. If you have that conviction, your heart can start to sing. God is the great giver and provider. Man, the best thing I can do is receive what he gives. It is these kind of convictions that make individuals and a church and a human society start to sing together. Speaking of receivers, do you know who the best receivers are on Thanksgiving? They do not play for the Chicago Bears. Okay. <laughs> Kids, small children are the number one first class receivers. Do people still have kids' tables at Thanksgiving? You know, the kind of thing where all the grown-ups are having serious conversations. I mean, actually, we're not. But then the kids are off in another room because maybe we grown-ups are trying to, I don't know what, or our house is too small. Like, I grew up at a kid's table. Here's the thing at a kid's table. The kids are not working on the turkey. They're not worried about the quality of the stuffing. Kids simply sit down to a kid's table with an empty plate, and they're like, this is going to be good. Right? Kids know how to receive. One of our newest babies was just sitting here a minute ago. Have you ever seen an infant when offered a bottle who's like, nah, I don't want that. Can you get me some oat milk? Maybe some almond milk? I mean, kids, when they're hungry, you feed them and they're like, heaven on earth, thank you for feeding me. We repeat these words from the Bible pretty much every month when we baptize our young ones into God's family here. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven, of God, belongs to such as these. Now, the technical word in the Bible here is not even kids, it's babies or infants. And Jesus is, what is Jesus saying here? Like, how as adults are we supposed to emulate little babies? They're not very responsible. They're not very independent. They can't hold down a job. And Jesus is saying, all of you all, if you want to receive the kingdom of God, you need to be like one of these babies. What are babies great at? Receiving. Receiving. That is what babies are the best at. If you bring an empty plate to a Thanksgiving table somewhere near here today, Lord willing, it will be filled by some good person, right? If I can put it this way, this plate is faith. And when we come to God with an empty plate, that is what faith is, the simple acknowledgement that, God, I have big time needs and I can't fill them myself, but like, can you do something about it? this situation, God? When we come receptive and humble and weak and needy with anticipatory gratitude, that is when God loves to give good gifts to his children. We bring a plate. God supplies the meal of grace. 
We are bound to him. We say, thank you, thank you, thank you. We offer our praise. We type in the password, and we enjoy the presence and the goodness of God. That's the password. Thanksgiving. Praise. Gratitude. You're in. Amen? Will you pray with me? Oh, God, we would bind ourselves to you so that our lives might sing. We don't bring a full plate of accomplishments to you on this Thanksgiving day, but we recognize that you are the provider of the feast. And this empty plate, this faith of ours, is waiting to be filled by you. So we come to you through Jesus himself, who brings every good gift from your fatherly hand. In his name we pray, and everybody said, amen.